Where do you find your food? I guess you don't have to answer right now. That's fine, but Wegmans, okay. You know, babies know in some sense that they are hungry, right? They, they feel it. They might not be thinking, oh, I'm hungry, of course, but they know that they are hungry. They know it in some kind of way, and they know that they want to ingest something. The problem is they don't know what to ingest, right? They don't know what it is that will actually fill them, and what is not really meant to be eaten. They always crawl around. They always pick up whatever they can find on the floor. And somehow, they always find the things that you didn't even know were there, right? They always find, you know, that old grilled cheese sandwich that some other kid left under the couch three weeks ago. Or they find, you know, some, some... M&Ms that were, you know, left under the, the table somehow by, it's always some other kid that leaves it there, of course, but uh, they always find some kind of thing. And yet, they don't realize that there is real food in the pantry. Now, I have four kids, and all of these suckers have, have done something silly, you know, just like really taken in something that they shouldn't have. Uh, Lucy, my youngest one, brought me a magnet in her mouth the other day. Uh, She has at least gotten old enough that she'll put it in her mouth, and then she'll walk up to me and say, ah, you know, and she'll show me. She knows she shouldn't be eating it, but that wasn't always the case. Lyra, my third oldest, actually ate a battery once ate a battery, and luckily she choked on it, right? That's not a good thing when you say, luckily, they choked on it. Uh, Because if she would have ingested it, it would have been really bad. The acid from batteries can really burn through your stomach and do some terrible things to you. Luckily, she choked on it and threw it up. But they always seem to find something that they shouldn't be eating because they don't realize that there is real food in the pantry. Well, friends, I think we do the same kind of thing very often. We settle for just whatever we can find on the floor. We settle for the old turkey sandwich that's been under the couch for however long. We don't even know. When all of the time there is food in the pantry. And that food is Jesus. Of course, I'm talking about spiritual food. And the things that we settle for so often, they just don't compare. We are willing to just take whatever is closest to us, and we forget that there is real food in the pantry. What I want us to see today in this passage is that Jesus is the food that endures and the food that nourishes. And we must believe in him and be sustained by him. We must believe in him and we must be sustained by him. First of all, we see in verses 26 through 33 that Jesus is the food that endures. Jesus is the food that endures, and we must believe in him. You know, there's a lot of people who will uh, come to Jesus actually seeking material things. 
they come to Jesus, and, and maybe you're here and you are one person who is like this today. We can come to Jesus speak or, or looking for material things that we think maybe he'll be able to offer. And they end up missing the best thing that Jesus offers. At the beginning of chapter 6, John tells the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, right? Jesus takes five barley loaves and two fish, and he somehow multiplies it and makes it last for 5,000. This is 5,000 men, by the way. It's not even counting the, the women and children who were there. Five loaves and two pieces of fish. Now, I'm from New Orleans, and we call that a catfish po'boy, okay? And maybe that doesn't land well here, but, you know, that's, that's fine. It's a, it's a sandwich. It's funny. It's your sense of humor. That's the problem, just so you know, not, not mine. Uh, but, <laughs> but at the end, they were all ready to make him king. They saw the thing that he had done. They had their fill of the bread and the fish, and they were ready to make him king because he had miraculously provided food. He had miraculously provided something to fill their stomachs when at that time they didn't know where they would find it. But the problem was they saw him as somebody who could provide food for them, but they didn't see him as Savior. They didn't see that he provided not only uh, some bread, but he could provide spiritual nourishment. Nourishment that they didn't even realize that they needed. And Jesus is saying, you do need something other than this bread that came to you in baskets. You do need something other than the fish that I multiplied. You are in need of a greater bread. They didn't see him as savior, at least not as a spiritual savior. They did not see him as the son of God who had come into the world in order to save them from their sin. Now, in this passage that we are looking at today, it's the next day. Jesus has left them the day before, and he literally walked across the lake to the other side. If you remember that story. Jesus walking on the water, and he met his disciples in the boat, and they landed on the other side. And the people, they come, and they are looking for Jesus. They're seeking him out. They know that his disciples went to the other side, so they go over there, and they look for him. But they're not looking for him because they believe in him. They are not looking for him because of what he truly offers they're looking for him because he was giving out catfish po'boys, right? And that's, I mean, look, it's wonderful to receive free food, but it's even better to receive what Jesus has to offer. We know that we are hungry in our physical bodies, but do we know how spiritually hungry we really are? And when we come to realize it, where do we go looking for the food? Do we look for it on the floor? Or can we see that the pantry is full and it's offered to us? They're looking for Jesus to get more bread and fish. 
And Jesus tells them that. He says, you're looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. And they prove him right in verse 30. If you take a look at verse 30 with me, it says, so they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. It's like they're saying, okay, you multiply the five loaves, you multiply the fish, and that was cool and all, but Moses gave bread from heaven. Like, how cool is that? It was really cool what you did, but this bread actually fell from heaven. And Jesus said, yes, I gave you physical food yesterday that was not from heaven. But the problem is your sights are set on that physical food. In a way that all you can see is that physical food. All that you are feeling right now is the hunger in your stomach. You only see the physical food I gave because that's all your sights are set on. Moses gave manna from heaven, but Jesus said, I am the bread that comes from heaven. He says, I am the spiritual food that you need. He says in verse 27, do not work for the food that perishes. Now, of course, Jesus, we know, is not saying don't go to work, right? Jesus is not saying, you don't have to worry about earning a paycheck. He's not saying, don't worry about food. You know, like you don't have to eat real, like actual physical food anymore. He's not saying anything like that. We know that. We know that he's not saying anything like that. He's saying, don't make your life all about those things. Don't spend your whole life working for the things of this world. Don't spend your whole life working for the things that you can just hold in your hands. Don't spend your whole life doing that. Don't set your sights on the things of this world because I am the bread that has come from heaven. I am the bread that has come from heaven. It's hard to not set our sights on the things of this world, right? They're the things that are in our face every day. They're the things that you have advertisements for all over the place that are telling you that you need them. You know the old commercials, right? Where, where the guy is, is the, you know, fumbling around with the Tupperware that's apparently just like impossible to open. And they're telling you, no, you need our new special Tupperware. You, you have the iPhone 12. Man, you need the 13. There's a different button on it. Can you believe that? And we fall for it, don't we? We fall for it. And we say, yeah, you know what? I, I really do need this stuff. And I really need to go and make sure that I can find the way to get it. I need to set my sights on it. Those are the things that are right there in our faces. And so it's so easy to look at them, right? It's so easy to get our sights and, and get tunnel vision on those kinds of things. And the thing about them is they are constantly offering us life. 
And they are constantly offering us a better life. Think of how great your life would be if you could just have this. Think of how great your life would be if you could just get that relationship that you've been chasing after with that guy or that girl. Think of how great life would be if you just had all the money that you could take more days off and you could just live in comfort. I, I can offer you life, all of these things say. I can offer you the good life. Come and take what you can of this world and just enjoy. Just live that comfortable life. Just live that life that, that other people that you see are living, or at least they want you to believe that they are living. And the real problem can become that we become so obsessed with those things. We get such tunnel vision on those things that we, even things that may even come from Jesus. I mean, God tells us that, that he gives us food and he gives us rain and he gives us the good things in this world. And yet we can come to Jesus and say, what can you give me from this world? I'll come to you. I'll make a deal with you. I come to you and you give me some stuff, right? And we can come to Jesus and, and, and ask uh, uh, those things of him. Let me ask you, do you only come to Jesus when you need something? Do you only come to Jesus when you are looking for something that you can hold in your hands or something that this world can give you? Do you only look to Jesus hoping that he will provide you a nice and comfortable life for the rest of your days? When you come to Jesus, what exactly is it that you're looking for? I would contend that we all are actually looking for the same thing. We just don't know it. We just don't know what we are hungry for. We are willing to settle for the old grilled cheese sandwich under the couch rather than come to the pantry and find the good food that's offered there. While the Bible is clear that God gives many good things in this world, the best thing that he gives is his son. The best thing that he gives is this bread from heaven that Jesus says that he is. But I know that so often it's so difficult to see it. It's so difficult to look past the things that are in our faces and look and see that Jesus, the pantry, is open. The bread is being offered. It's so difficult to push past those temporary things that give pleasure right away. And trust me, an old grilled cheese sandwich from under your couch will not give you pleasure, okay? But there may be some things that are offered to you. And they say, I will give you pleasure in the moment. And it's so difficult to push past those temporary things. But I want to remind you that when you are tempted to live for those things, and I want you to remind yourself that when you are tempted to live for those things, and I want to tell you that if all you've ever done is live for those things, all of those things are old cheese sandwiches. All of those things 
might offer you something, but in the end, you'll be sorry that that you ate it. Jesus offers the fresh food in the pantry. Jesus offers you true life. Jesus doesn't just offer you stuff. Jesus offers you himself. He offers you himself. Jesus says, Jesus says, I am giving you me. I am giving you me. And so what must we do to receive this food from the pantry? What what must we do to receive this bread, this bread of life? What must we do to receive Jesus? He tells us we must believe Jesus. We must trust in Jesus. Verse 29, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. But that word believe, you know, it gets a little watered down in our minds a lot of times. A lot of times we, we think of that word believe and we, we think if, if I just give, you know, cognitive agreement with something, then I, I believe, right? If I just cognitively believe like, yeah, Jesus, Son, God, he died, he rose, you know, and that's all good, then we think that that's what we're saying here. But it's not. This word, it, it means to trust. I was talking with uh, Molly Long not too long ago, and she was telling me how uh, her and Brian remind themselves often, but that that word, believe, that is so often used in the Bible, it means trust, obey. Trust, obey. It's this trust that you are saying, I'm actually going to give myself to you. It's not trusting from here that that bench would hold me up if I sat in it. It's sitting in the bench. There's a difference. There's a difference of just believing from over here that the bench will work and actually sitting in the bench. That's the kind of trust that Jesus is talking about. He is talking about trusting in him fully, wholeheartedly. We are called to believe in Jesus in that way. And when we trust him, we can take of this bread of life. He gives it to us. But even that, I want you to know, we cannot do on our own. We cannot on our own just, just say, oh, you know what, I'm coming to Jesus and I'm just going to feed off of him and he is going to sustain me. On our own, we will fail. On our own, we will stumble. On our own, we will fall off. So we can't simply trust Jesus at the beginning and then say, well, you know, whatever from here on out. You know, I just, I said that prayer. It's fine. Now I'm just going to move on with my life. We can't just say, I trust Jesus, and and, and then go on and try to look beyond him for more. We can't trust Jesus at the beginning and then try to do the rest ourselves. Because Jesus is the bread of life. And that's what I want us to see in verses 34 through 40. Jesus is the bread of life, and we must be sustained by him. We must be sustained by him. Verse 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. 
I am the bread of life. Now, if you remember back in verse 27, Jesus said that he will give food that endures to eternal life. So which is it? Is Jesus the bread or does he give the bread? And the answer is yes. Yes, Jesus is the bread and he gives himself to us. It's not an either or, it is a both and. Jesus is the bread that has come from heaven in order to give of himself to us. Jesus isn't mixing metaphors here. He is saying, I am giving you me. Take me in. Trust in me. Walk in me. Find life in me. Because I am giving it to you by giving you myself. In verse 51, uh, we didn't read that this morning, but he'll say, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And if we come to him, Jesus promises us two things. First of all, he promises that we will be satisfied in him. If we come to Jesus in trust, he promises that we will be satisfied in him. Verse 35, he who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. Will we always be satisfied after we just take one bite? Like I said before, just, just taking that initial bite and then walking away and moving on with our lives. Just leaving Jesus behind and continue to, to live however I was living before. Just say that prayer of salvation like it's some incantation and then I'll just move on with my life. Is that what Jesus is saying here? That we will always be satisfied if we come to him? I, no. I was going to say, I don't think so. I know he's not saying that because I've, I've read the Bible and I've read the passage and that's not at all what he is saying here. Jesus isn't saying to just give him that initial belief and then walk off. Jesus is saying that he is the once and for all bread given for us. We don't need to wait for more. We have all we need for life, for the rest of this life, and for all of eternal life in him. He has given himself to us. Jesus has come and he has given his flesh and blood once and for all. He doesn't need to do it again. You don't need to find salvation from anywhere else. He was raised back to life once and for all. He doesn't need to do it again. You don't need to look for eternal life anywhere else. And it was a sufficient sacrifice that reconciles us to God once and for all. But that doesn't mean that we don't look daily to Jesus. It doesn't mean that we don't come to him daily for sustenance, that we, come, that we don't come to him daily to be sustained in him. 
that we don't walk in him daily. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that we'll never feel hungry or we'll never need nourishment. We will. We need to eat daily. We need to look to Christ daily. But what he has given us, he has given us once and for all. It does mean that we will always have Jesus to nourish us. He never goes bad. This bread never gets moldy. It never runs out. The pantry is never empty. We don't need to look anywhere else. It means that we can always look to the one thing, Jesus Christ, as our salvation and our sustenance. You can think of it this way. Imagine if a billionaire was about to die, he's about to die, okay? And he has no heir, but he wants to pass it on. And he comes to you, he says, I'm dying. I'll be gone in the next week, the doctors tell me. I want to give all that I have to you. He says, you'll never need money again, right? Now, when he says you'll never need money again, he's not saying you are now a billionaire. You can go to whatever grocery store you want and just take it for free. You don't need money. You don't need to pay them, right? What he's saying is that you don't ever need to find money anywhere else. You can take the money that you have and you can live with it. In the same way, Jesus is not saying take one bite and then you don't ever have to look at me again. He's saying, I am giving you myself. You can look to me daily. I will be with you to the end of the age. And you can eat from me. You can find life in me every day. Friends, that's better news than look to him once and forget about him from there. That's better news than one bite and walk away. He said, I am giving myself to you. Just like Jesus fed the 5,000 and 12 large baskets were collected afterwards and there was abundance. Everybody had their fill, but there was abundance left over. In the same way, we can eat of this bread and it will never run out. We can look to Jesus daily and we will look to Jesus eternally if we are in him. We can look to the one person. We can look to the one true story of the gospel and it will never spoil. It is nourishment for our daily lives and it will never run out. Do you find yourself sometimes thinking that it's time to move on from the gospel? It's time to move on. Like, I believed it, and, and I still believe it, you know, but I need to move on to the bigger and better things, right? I, I need to live into the deeper things. Friends, there is nothing deeper than the gospel. Now, there is stuff that as it takes root, it will come out of us. There is much to learn from the Bible, but the deepest depths of the Bible is the gospel story. Cover to cover, that is what the Bible is getting at. We never need to move on from it. We can look to it daily 
We never need to move on from Jesus, and we should never try. We look to him daily. You might think in a spiritual sense that it is time to look for something more. You know, I, I have Jesus, but now I need to do this. And I need to make sure that I continually earn my salvation, right? Jesus says, no, you have me. I have given it to you. Maybe you think in a worldly sense. Okay, I, I have Jesus. Now I need a bigger house. Now I need a better car. Now I need more money. Now I need more comfort. And so I'll come to him. And, and that will be my relationship with him. If we think like that, friends, we'll never endure. We'll never embrace the persecution that Jesus calls us to. We won't. We'll look for comfort. We won't look to follow Jesus in whatever he calls us to. We will look to follow him only when it feels comfortable. It's not comfortable to follow Jesus. He calls us to die. He calls us to pick up our cross and to follow after him. But if Jesus is all we need, then we can continually feed on the bread that is him. We can say, I will continue to live in Christ. Have you ever wondered how Christians in the early centuries of the church faced lions for their faith in Christ? Have you ever wondered how Christians all around the world, even today, face persecution and they face torture and they face martyrdom and they even face the martyrdom of their family all for their faith in Christ? Have you ever wondered how people can do that? How they can face death and be okay with it? It's because they've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And they've tasted and seen that Jesus is enough and they turn to him for eternal life with him. And that is good enough for them. And friends, the good news is Jesus gives it. When we turn to him for life, he gives it. If we come to him, we will be satisfied for all eternity. But also if we come to him, we will be sustained by him for all eternity. You can be satisfied and not be hungry anymore. But still, is what you're eating really going to sustain your body? Are you just taking in sugar and living off of sugar? Or are you living off of real food? The real food that is Jesus will sustain us. Verse 37, all that the Father gives to me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. 39 and 40, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. I will raise him up on the last day. Jesus will sustain us. He is the only one who can 
sustain us. You know, I tell people all the time that my story is a story of faithfulness. My testimony is a testimony of faithfulness. I became a Christian when I was eight years old, and I'm still on the path today. It's a story of faithfulness, but the thing is, it's not my faithfulness. It's a story of Christ's faithfulness. Because there have been so many times where I have begun to wander off the path. And every time, he has brought me back. Because Jesus is the food that sustains. Nothing else in this world can do that for you. Nothing else in this world will do that for you. Jesus promises that if you come to him in true belief, he will never let you go. There's a hymn that Krista and I have held on to for many years when troubles come and when things get hard. It says, when I feel my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path, for my love is often cold but he will hold me fast. Jesus is the sustainer. He is the bread that satisfies and he is the bread that sustains. Have you come to recognize your true hunger? There's a lot of things that we can take in in this world, but there is only one thing that fulfills or that fills. There is only one thing that satisfies. There is only one thing that sustains you are in need of much more than physical food. You are in need of much more than money. You are in need of much more than a nice retirement. You are in need of much more than the next iPhone or Android, if that's your thing. I don't know. You are in need of much more from that, than that. Your hunger can only be filled by Jesus it can only be filled by Jesus. And if you trust in him, he will do it. I'm going to ask the band to come on back up as we move into a, a, a time of invitation. Jesus calls us to walk in him. Jesus calls us to trust in him with a real trust. And Jesus has given his flesh and his blood on the cross in order that you may have the bread that is his flesh and blood in order that you may be welcomed into the pantry to eat for the rest of your life. And friends, Jesus is still that bread today. He is still that bread today. And he saves us and he will sustain us. The last verse of that song is, For my life he bled and died. Christ will hold me fast. Justice has been satisfied. He will hold me fast. Raised with him to endless life, he will hold me fast till our faith is turned to sight when he comes at last. Friends, look to Jesus. You will see him. You will see that day, and he will sustain you. We're going to move into a time of invitation now, and I want to invite you if you're here today and you've never looked to Jesus as your bread for life, as your salvation, I want to invite you today to turn to him.
You've tried everything else, and maybe it feels good right now, but it will not last. Turn to Jesus. He is the bread of life. Maybe today you have trusted in Jesus, but you have found yourself seeking life in other things. Turn to him. He is still holding out. He is still opening the pantry. You are still in him, and he will still sustain you. If that's you this morning, I invite you to come forward, pray with us, or if you want to stay in your seat, but go before the Lord and turn to him for life. The band's going to play. I'll be up here. If anybody wants to come forward and pray, Milo's going to come up, and we'll be here for you to pray. Go to the Lord this morning with your life. <laughs>